Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we bring you Time Crimes from 2007, directed by Nacho Vigalondo. How do you feel about time travel films? Like, just um, generally speaking. I, uh, generally speaking, I like them. I am always kind of intrigued by the time travel aspect uh, and the idea of that in science fiction. I mean, there's the classics. I mean, shit, Back to the Future being like, I mean, that was probably honestly my first exposure to the idea of time travel, if not maybe for an episode of the Twilight Zone or some original Star Trek shit that I might have seen before that. But uh, that was my real introduction I remember to the idea of, oh, man, going into the past and trying to right mistakes in the past and avoiding your past self, like all those paradoxes and loops. Uh, and I always found that stuff fascinating. It, it, it always got my head spinning out uh, about possibilities and just the idea, like, for one, we talk about these movies and movies like this of like, oh, it's time travel, time travel. But I also feel like it really kind of opens up another maybe more existentially dreadful warped hole of the idea of other dimensions and infinite selves and infinite realities. And like, to me, that's the more crazy wild aspect to every time travel story. And this is one of those that gets into it kind of like coherence uh, gets into the idea of your other selves and the morality of looking at your other self and what is the value of their life versus your life. Like, dude, that's the kind of interesting morality tale shit that time travel can touch on. Uh, So I'm always, I'm always, I'll put it this way always game for a time travel movie but boy have there been plenty of shit ones too uh, but overall man you, you, if you 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 come into my boardroom and you're gonna pitch me the movie and you start out like okay it's a time travel movie i'm like okay keep going i'm not gonna be like no turn you away i'm like all right i'm i'm down with the time travel you just got to make it interesting what are we what are we gonna do so yeah, I'm I'm very open to the to time travel genre in science fiction. That's awesome. I'm I'm pretty open to the genre. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't just laugh you out of the room if you if you came to me and you wanted to whiteboard time travel. I would say you know as long as we keep it simple and we can make it work. Um, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't jump up and down either. You know. So it just depends. Right. It really depends on the story. And I'll tell you with time crimes, yeah. one of the cool things about this movie um, that I had first of all. This movie is older than I thought, dude. Like, I, I had yeah. no idea this fucking movie was from 2007. Um, that's crazy, right? So I didn't realize it was 11 years old already. One, one of our listeners was saying like, oh, yeah, 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 I, uh, <laughs> she said something like, yeah, I got this at Blockbuster. And I was like, no, <laughs> fucking 2007. Um, and, you know, yeah. premise-wise, IMD basically, IMDb basically says, a man accidentally gets into a time machine and travels back in time nearly an hour. Finding himself will be the first of a series of disasters of unforeseeable consequences. Um, Hell yeah. 2007. But what, what I dig about that is the, the, the most compelling aspects of this flick, for me, basically, are it's one hour. It's uh, close, geographically speaking. And the plot, even though it does get a little convoluted with Hector Tres, Hector Tres, right. um, if you watch crazy. that moment a few times, it's worth it um, be, to, to kind of understand that, what's going on as far as that goes. But it's, but it's pretty simple. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's easy as far as what is happening. Now, 
the one thing the one thing you could ask about the film is as we know it's like a causality loop or a predestination paradox so to speak you could act you could ask like how does it actually kind of start and anytime you do that that's when you realize you're in kind of a paradoxical situation and and that's one of the issues with time travel is it's usually almost always paradoxical which is okay because yeah. it's science fiction and it's supposed to be fun but a lot of times with science fiction, there are, there are these grand, gigantic consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Now, w- what we don't know is that, well, what we do know is that he doesn't seem to have free will. I think he just thinks he does. And I think that's something we could discuss. I believe that he is following a, a predestination loop, essentially. And um, I don't think he could stray from it and cause the universe to collapse. You know, usually these are the things that uh, <laughs> that you that you must you must continue it, or or disaster will occur. But we never feel like this is world toppling, or we're going to go back in time and change World War II, or yeah. we're going to do any of this other bullshit. It's not it's not that kind of movie, and that's one of the things I dig about it. I dig the scale. Um, that's something I really liked about this movie a lot. The scale, the fact that the time travel, virtually speaking, is not, it's, it's not vast in, in time. It's not years or weeks or, you know, this is me fucking and, 10 years ago, you know? Totally. And the machine is not some big overdone set piece. It is very, very simple. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't, I'll tell you, it's a challenge to write a time travel movie that's easily, easy to follow. Um, time travel is, is a, a confusing plot device, I think, generally speaking. But I think that's this... Danger, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this movie kind of nails it. And I'm just trying to think, you know, you were talking about, um, you were talking about time travel movies. Can you, like, what are some, I'm trying to think, like, what are some time travel flicks off the top of my head here. I mean, the one that jumps to mind for, for me with this one, uh, also because they're each similarly low-budget indie movies, is uh, Primer. I mean, that's the sure. one. That, and Primer is by far more confusing. Still excellent and very well done. And we've talked about it before. You ingested. Yeah. Uh, but that's the one that, to me, that has the most similarities. Uh, scale-wise, you know, and that might come out of the budget. But I think storytelling-wise, it's a small scale thing and it's a very personal the consequences are personal between these characters it's not about like what you said some world toppling possibility it's that they're going to destroy their own lives it is you know never be able to repair their own lives because of their meddling with time sure uh, same thing here <clears throat> excuse me um i'm just looking at a popular mechanics article so like the final countdown the philadelphia experiment time cop men in black three Flight of the Navigator, oh, yeah. Time After Time, Time... Oh, yeah, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to love that movie. I forgot about the time travel yep. aspect. Holy shit. Time After Time. We got Source Code. We've covered that. Yeah. Uh, Days Source of Future Past. Yeah. Of course, Donnie Darko we've covered. Predestination we covered. Uh, Army of Darkness. Is that a movie? Uh, I never heard. Is that like one of the sequels to... Um, oh, is that like a Marvel thing? No, shit. no. it's uh, um, It was part of the Friday the 13th franchise. I think it's the last Jason oh, film. Okay. I think. Or are you sure it wasn't one of those anthology Halloween movies, kind of like Halloween 3? Yeah, the image is weird. It's a guy with a shotgun with a chainsaw on his hand, which I've never Sounds even like. seen that before, which is pretty remarkable. Um, <laughs> Run, Lola, Run, First Contact, Doctor Strange, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. You know, there's a bunch of these. You got Looper in there, Interstellar. Looper solid. 
Um, I guess you could say, of course, Planet of the Apes, Twelve Monkeys, Terminator, Time Bandits, Primer, and Back to the Future. So yeah, I mean, you know, what's funny is I don't think of Interstellar as a time travel movie. Time dilation and the the, the it's relative of time, time travel, right? It's very relative. The, the mechanic of the movie is not time travel, though. right? You know what I mean, Edge of Tomorrow. I what's that not. other movie? A Looper. Of course, we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done Star Trek First Contact. We did, we did we did a bunch of these, baby. Did a bunch of them. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but um, how, how do you think it stacks up? Honestly, dude, I mean, maybe we're kind of blowing my load as far as like the scale goes. Um, I fucking really dug this movie. Me too. I super enjoyed it. I think it's solid. It is like so tight and just efficient and well done. And, you know, and I'm sure you can appreciate this now coming uh, hot off the heels of Breaking Bad. <laughs> but one of my favorite aspects oh, of this movie is our protagonist turning into a fucking villain before your eyes. Like, that is fantastic. It's pretty like, wild. Like, right. And that's kind of what I was talking about as far as what the morality of time travel can get into and imply. Yeah. Like, the implications of that are vast and mind-shaking, really. And to watch this seemingly just normal fucking guy crumble into pretty much a full-blown maniacal villain to to repair his life is, is shocking. And I think it's excellent. Hmm. Yeah, f- um, let me think. Full blown maniacal. I like that. I, I, I want to. We should talk about that. We should talk about that. That actual. Also, idea. hi Ryan. First live show, Ryan Tierney. Oh, hey, how you doing? If you haven't heard, we've moved our live shows over to YouTube. So make sure you go to youtubecom slash c slash media or it finally works. libertystreetgeek.net slash live. I actually prefer that in case we ever switch platforms again. Um, LibertyStreetGeek.net slash live. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're live on YouTube. But, um, and there's cool little visual aids. So if you're in the live show, you're going to get some extra treats. But, um, yeah, man, it's, um, it's pretty cool. I, I dug it. I, I liked it. I watched, I watched a couple, I watched Hector 3's explanation multiple times over. I actually jumped back to parts of the movie to see whereabouts the influence came through. And I think I got the movie down. I think I get it. Like, I think I know where, where everything is going. I think I, I understand we're in a causal loop. I think, um, I think all of those things. And, uh, yeah. it's a, uh, it's a pretty interesting idea, this movie. And yeah, man. almost unfortunate because, you know, we, you said we watch uh, Hector turn into a villain, but then part of me wonders if he's in a predestination paradox, was he just always destined to take these steps? It's kind of a wild way to look at it. Does he, does he actually have free will here? Is he simply I, a victim a of question. the universe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a great, great stuff to dig into there. It's a lot of shit, dude. So I'm looking forward to diving in. So um, uh, why don't we start at the beginning? Let's let's start with Hector, right? Hector. We got this guy, seemingly normal life, right? Right, just driving back from the store. It looks like him and his wife have just recently moved into a house or they're, they're remodeling some stuff. Yep, and uh, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's kind of adult. He's, he's kind a of a, is it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's, you know what he reminds me of? Uh, the dad from Arrested Development. Just kind of a schlubby, like, uh, you know, I do stuff. <laughs> he's kind of a low personality. Like, at least at first, it seems like he's not the brightest guy. Uh, but I think his intelligence rises a little more to the surface as the movie goes. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to watch this open. It seems, 
innocuous, nothing weird going on. Clearly, they're redecorating, redesigning, whatevering their house. And everything is seemingly normal for these people. We're in Spain. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're back to uh, talking about the Iberians. We just did this on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, God, that's right. We did just do that. <laughs> ah, they're right across the border from Portugal, right? He's like, honey, is James Bond skiing down our mountain and shooting at people again? Ah, damn it all. More, more, um, more, uh, uh, more probably inbound swarthy pirate jokes. I apologize <laughs> to your people. Um, but anyway, and he starts with the, uh, the binoculars. Like it's, it's interesting that this movie seems to be, I mean, we know it's 2007. There's nothing, there's nothing in particular that denotes a time period except for some of the decor and some of the style and dress, but. Well, they, they do actually say it at one point. He there's actually has a widescreen TV. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I just spotted the, the widescreen. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the guy does say it's like 2006. He says it's like September 16th, 2006. And that's why he's like, wait, that's impossible. I was in there, you know, at night and now it's daytime again. Right. That's kind of like the first time travel moment. Yeah. And um, the first thing that we witness is him answering the phone, right? That's our first, mm -hmm. he gets a phone call. Right. He's home, he's tired, he takes a nap. This is after he delivers the table to his wife. Uh, she's out there gardening. And then, yeah, he gets this very strange phone call where nobody says a thing on the other side. That's it. He's like, hello. Heavy breathing. Just some heavy breathing. He doesn't know what's going on. And um, it just kind of goes from there, right? That's it. Kicks off. Kicks off. And he hangs up the phone. It says something about record your message or give your access code or something like that. His wife comes, his, his, he, the, the phone goes down on the ground. Um, and his wife is, of course, adorable and cute. Yeah. His extremely, probably way out of his league wife <laughs> starts, yeah, uh, yeah, starts I, making out with him. Yeah, man. I, she's hot. She gets him down on the couch. They're making out. She pulls up his shirt, revealing that fucking hot bod. You know what I mean? <laughs> that she's, screaming hot dad. She's bod. getting after it. <laughs> she ain't messing around. <laughs> <laughs> I plant my kisses on you. Mm. Oh, I am a fiery Spaniard. I don't care. I don't care what you look like. I love you for who you are. <laughs> God, <laughs> need one of them. Yeah, Passionate, tell me about it. Beautiful. <laughs> but, uh, Artistic and strong. She's like, I'll be over here putting a table together after we fucking bone. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then he's, uh, you know, sitting down with his binox as she does labor, basically. <laughs> Basically, you know, you know what I gotta say um, about Spanish people, and this is something that I he had heard. I worked, uh, I worked with a woman who lived in Spain for a long time, and she was just talking about, you know, I've never been to Spain, and she's just talking about the way people dress over there, and she's like, you know, yeah. you would never see somebody, at least back. This is back in like early two thousands, so a few years after this movie was made, she said you would never see ever, ever in Spain, you would never see. God, his wife's hot. I got the movie on in the background. Um, I know. You would never fucking see his a, a guy go to a store there in like sweatpants and like a, a double XL Mickey Mouse shirt, even though they're not double right. XL. Like they would have their fucking pants pressed and their shoes on and their fucking shirt tucked in. You know what I mean? Like, I respect it, man. I yeah, it's just a that. different way. It's just a different way to be. It's it's funny, you know. I, I'd heard similar about Portugal because I've had a lot of relatives that have gone to the Azores and shit, the islands. But yeah, so uh, I find that kind of interesting. 
But what does he spy with his little eye? Well, at first, you know, and I, I'd forgotten about this until rewatching it right here. Uh, they have a friendly little bet going about the table that he bought her. Oh, and she put right. About whether it can go through this door. And they're talking about, well, if the table doesn't – he's like, oh, I don't think the table's going to fit. And she's like, I think it will. And he's like, well, if it doesn't – he's like, I don't think it will fit. And if it does fit, I'll go back into town to get what <laughs> you need or whatever. Dude, that friendly little bet because I think she does get the table in. If he if if he had lost, he would have gone on and had a different day. <laughs> had a, probably a much better fucking day. It's weird, oh, right? Boy, that's dark. Uh, but yeah, through his looking glass, he gets catch, at first catches just a glimpse of some like clothing. He's like, "Oh, there's something in those bushes," and that's when him and his wife have that friendly little bet. And she goes inside to try and fit the table, and then he sees this beautiful young woman hanging her head low, standing alone, and taking her top off and being topless. Nice. And of course, he's like, uh, okay, <laughs> just, I'm just going to keep watching, I guess. Right. And you're like, um, what? Okay, sure. Pretty strange. He, he doesn't look away. I, would you look away? I, I will admit, I would probably at least drop the glasses at first to be like, wait, like, is somebody else out here? Like, what's going on? And then I would definitely put him back up to be like, what is she doing? <laughs> For sure. How, how long? I mean, is she just going to, it's just, just her. I'm going to get naked and hang out here, place. <laughs> if you take your shirt off in my woods and I have binoculars, I'm going to watch you take your shirt off in my woods. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you're doing something. To be fair, though, I would probably say to my wife, hey, come over here. Look at those fucking binoculars right, right. now. Actually, yeah. It wouldn't be one of those right. weird things where you're like trying to hide it. I'd be like, holy shit, there's this naked girl out here. What the fuck? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Dude, that's actually... There, there's a really interesting point. Uh, I, I wish I could find. I couldn't find the actual uh, like review article, but uh, uh, A. A. Dowd of the A. V. Club has an interesting interpretation of this movie as an allegory about adultery, about all of the crazy, confusing lies and increasingly complex actions you have to take to hide an affair. And I think that's actually a super interesting way to look at this movie. It mm. starts here with like the temptation. sounds like a bit of a. Sh- Oh, oh, do I think the movie means that? No, but I still think it's an no, I, interesting I, yeah, way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. What, what were some examples he cited? Just the lies in the flesh? Well, no, that's the thing. I couldn't find his actual, like, review. I just saw oh, that, okay. that he was brought up in a, you know, article mentioning it. Um, but thinking about the movie and all the increasing actions he takes and using this woman kind of as a pawn to cover himself up, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, it, huh, it's a funny. It, it's funny, you know... It, I feel like you think Hector is much more dastardly than I do, but I'm not beyond. But I'm not beyond convincing. Yeah. Right, right. And I, I you know, we'll, we'll have to just talk as we as we yeah. get there. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, you know, one thing we haven't talked about. I mean, I guess we are just kind of going through it. But do you want to go through this movie the way the audience does, or do you yeah, want to talk yeah, about I think so. what we already know? Okay. I, I think we probably should. Right, and I, okay. I mean, we we should we should comment on things that matter at this point. If you want to do that. So one thing we do know is that there's three Hectors. Do you want to just, do you want to give some background just in case people haven't seen it in a while? We can do that. Okay. You tell me, um, what what, what do you prefer? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I kind of like just going through it, but I'm also like, it would get too confusing if we keep referencing stuff that we know, like, oh, we know what this actually is. Then we don't need to. to Why don't we just go through the way the audience, the way it's intended for the audience. And then we can, um, we can, when it's relevant, explain the back plot. To, to something where he's explaining it. We can break it down a little. 
Yeah, this this I approve of. This I approve of. Do you notice his nostrils are crooked? One of his nostrils are crooked when his head's back. Yeah, it's a little crooked. Is that a broken nose thing? Uh, yeah, I got like the same a formerly thing. Formerly broken nose. Oh, yeah, from getting my nose fucking bashed in too many times. <laughs> yeah, like when his head's back and he's up against the thing, his left—I guess that'd be his left nostril—is more closed yeah. than his right nostril. Taking some punches there. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Jason Curry says, "I think someone was setting me up, but I'd still watch her." Basically, <laughs> it's true, right? Trap, the next I'm not move put would my be binoculars down. The next move would be to swipe binoculars from left to right, looking for the camera <laughs> exactly. crew. Wait a minute! Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're like, wait, wait, something's wrong. <laughs> Something is wrong here. Nothing is fucked here, dude. Nothing is Beautiful fucked. Beautiful women don't just come into my woods and start getting naked. Uh, this is a this is a lie. Yeah, Somehow. how how fucking lucky is this guy between his <laughs> wife and this broad? Right? What are you doing? Yeah. Gotta be rich. Gotta be. Well, I mean, look at his property. Yeah, it's true. I hate his fence, though. It's kind <laughs> of a weird... It's just a fence, weird thing to hate. That chicken wire fence you can just kick off the fucking post? What she does later? I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, what are you trying to do? Keep out the chickens, man? Come on, <laughs> dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, I think Hector's first mistake is going into the woods w- by without saying anything to his wife. Totally. Totally. But like you said, he this, spots I mean, the trash, the bike, and he starts going going through the woods. He is, part of me thinks, you know, there's curiosity here, but but I don't think I would stray off from my property alone, despite the beauty of this woman taking her shirt off. I would be like, something, something the fuck is up right now. And I'm going to, number one, tell my wife in case something weird is happening and we can be prepared for it. Right? At least I'd like to think so. And just so that somebody knows where you are and what you're doing. And then, of course, the next move is, is, uh, but what's going through his head, and I get it. Like, I I can entertain the fantasy too. Like, ooh, I'm going to go out into the woods and this beautiful fucking woodland seductress is going to make sweet, sweet love to me when I get out there in the woods. (laughs) You know, I get get what he's thinking. Divine temptress. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, what do you think this is? Is a fucking wood elf out here waiting for you? Is the Spanish wood elf? <laughs> That's the thing. You know, and I would still argue that even at this point in the movie, even him going to the woods, like he's done nothing reprehensible, but I do think it's a little bit of a window until he's like, hmm, I'm going to go out there. Like, that's why I do think the adultery angle is kind of interesting. I'm like, ah, what does it say about him? What does this whole situation say about Hector as a person? Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, of course, the camera makes sweet love to her body for just a minute and then inexplicably he is stabbed dude but this is also a few quick details we should note too is he goes walking to the woods he he hits the road at one point and sees the knocked over dumpster heads up the hill and like you said he sees her laying out uh before falling down and, and getting a closer look and that's when that fucking pair of scissors comes out of nowhere and jams in his arm yeah man fucking brutal Pretty brutal. And off he runs. Oh, it hurts. It hurts my parts. Oh, and the other the other thing to notice too is that the woman is alive. Because when he comes when he actually finds yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. When he actually finds her, she's laying there. When he comes up with the binoculars, he's you he you can see that dread on his face, like, oh God, is this woman dead? Did she kill herself or something? But as he comes up, there's that long pan over her naked body, which is like yep. nice. But also but also the the point of it is to be like, she's breathing, like she's alive. Sure. She's just laying there. Um, and seemingly unconscious, but alive. And then the stab. And he just fucking bolts. 
Just as fucking you would. bolts. As you would. Yeah, absolutely. As you would, dude. Right? That's totally okay. fair. Um, and uh, he manages to run his ass away and he leans up against the tree. Dude. So mm-hmm. here's what we know having seen the movie at this point, right? Yeah. So we know that Hector 2, we'll call him, mm-hmm. has already gone back in time for reasons we're going to learn as the movie progresses. And he is trying to orchestrate this chain of events, which he has already witnessed, to maintain the continuity of time, thus preventing some sort of unforeseen disaster. Is that fair? Indeed. And he, just to be very clear, Hector too at this point is the man in the bandages chasing our Hector, this Hector who just found the woman. And, and to make this a little easier to follow, Hector too is most of the movie. It's, it's Hector. He is actually. It, it pretty much yeah. is. Hector one, Hector one is in the movie right up until the 23 minute mark. And then he's only seen off in the distance after the 23, after the 23 minute mark, he's, he's kind of gone. Yeah. So now that, that I was just, I was just scrubbing He like right at the 23 minute mark is when he goes in and then he climbs out and that's it for Hector one, basically. Mm, Okay. So now that I'll admit that's an aspect that I was a little warbly on of like the the very first time we see him get in the machine i'm like now which hector is coming out yeah um, from the, that point so the best way to think of it is this way we are currently watching hector one when hector one goes into the machine and emerges he is hector two exactly and yeah. then we learn that there is a third hector which is a real wrinkle as far as complicating the movie goes but it's not too too bad to follow um and no. the reason no, we the, other- the reason we know hector hector one in essence, becomes Hector 2. It's more because he time travels because the second one, the man in the bandages, is interacting with one right now. Right, exactly. Right. Um, and that's, that's the other thing I really liked about this movie is that even the points where I felt some confusion, it still was easy enough to follow. And I, I also just enjoyed the fact that the movie didn't do a lot of explanation dumps. Like, it gives you nope. just enough. You, you get, it's not too much, and it's not too little. You get just enough to follow and understand and, and feel the impact of what's happening, which is I love. Because that, that, to me, is a sign of good writing and also respect for the audience. Like, we're not being spoon-fed. They don't think we're dummies. They think we are smart enough to follow this. And I'm like, hey, thank you for, for the vote of confidence. Right. Um, <laughs> so... So um, Hector One is hiding and still trying to get a bead on this guy. And this is where we go, what the fuck? This kind of bizarro moment where he's up against the tree and he's watching him. And it's, dude, it's so wild. He (laughs) sees him whip around with his hands up like binoculars. He sees the knife. Then, you know, he, he looks, he sees the knife in his hand and uh, he's watching behind the binoculars and the way he just spins and turns with the fucking, like his hands over his eyes, making the fake binoculars. I, I just love the way he's taunting him. Exactly. exactly. Do, do you know what I mean? It's fucking so wild. It's, it's such a subtle, I fucking know you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, creepy. You're looking at me through your binoculars. And then I he, know what you're doing. And then he just runs off. He's like, see you later, dude. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, it's, it's impossible. It's always impossible to say, but we can entertain what we think we might do in these situations, which we're fond of doing. But I understand. There's part of me understanding. Like, wow, let me, let, me, let me watch so I can never lose track of this guy so he's not sneaking around my house later tonight. You know, I understand. I want to totally. keep your eyes on him. 
But at the same time, you want to keep a fair enough distance away to where he can't close in and fucking stab you to death. Right. So it's like a, right. it's a tough way to, you know, like I, I could, but part of me just thinks like run home, you know, fucking rally up, maybe get your, uh, get your, I don't know if he's got any kind of weaponry in the house outside of like blunt weapons and edged weapons. But well, uh, also, yeah. I mean, like, I always can't help but think, you know, and I, I know it's like a hectic moment and everything, and we're playing Monday morning yeah, time of crime course, survivor. Of course, of course. But, uh, time crime survivor, nice baby. <laughs> you're in the woods. Find a branch. There's there's plenty of like four foot long, pretty sturdy branches laying around. Grab something. Like, don't just run empty handed. Like, grab anything. Big fucking rock. Yeah, Has yeah. Something in your hands. Um, Sean Fernandez says, so funny how most of the random events that happen have no real reason for happening besides the fact that they happened. Yes. Yes. They I actually like that. They, they do in that they are within the causal loop. We could, one of the, one exactly. of the, one of the compelling our, our ideas of the movie is why does it start? Yes. That's, that's yeah. almost the bigger question for me personally. Cause once you're in here, the events actually make sense as the story shows us from Hector three going later into the movie totally but all, but I, I think sean does have a, a good point there as far he as does. like the the events that happen are being once we realize what's really going on and how much is already that that the final you know the final hector knows he is making these events continue to happen the same exact way like they are happening because they need to happen uh and it is sort of arbitrary yeah. So uh, that reminds me, Sean Fernandez is one of the people who backed this movie in the in the bounties back when we used to do those. Remember that? And uh, joining him, <laughs> joining him in that endeavor to get this movie off the ground and covered by us was Jersey Mike, Teme Sikama, Joe Polcini, and Floyd Fry. So thank you guys for bounting this movie. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Um, yeah, I, I, I did like a pull from the website. I was trying a new thing. Hopefully it works because it makes it, finding some of these old lists from films that were bountied over a year ago or about a year ago um, easier to find. So yeah. Um, so yeah, once again, Jersey Mike, Sean Fernandez, Teme Sikama, Joe Poltini, and uh, Floating Floyd Fry of the Populist Podcasts, which I highly mm-hmm. recommend you check out. <clears throat> so he gets frightened. And he finds a place, and he breaks the window to the place. So here's something, here, here's a choice, assuming he has free will. Here's a choice I don't understand entirely. Him breaking the window? Nope. Go home. Okay. Yeah. Go yeah. home. What are you doing? Why are you, Why are running, you running not- further into that, the unknown? That was my, honestly, the whole movie, that's my biggest gripe. Run home. <laughs> You know you how know, you think, got there. Go back the way you came, unless you have to go through the guy. But then fucking just go around. Right, right. I agree. I actually totally agree. But I do also think in that in this moment of panic, he just was one of those people who the adrenaline hit him, and he started running in the opposite direction and didn't think any more about it. Just opposite direction, going go 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 go, and he just hit a fence, went over the fence, and ran into the the place that was there. Just like didn't think about it at all. But yeah, if you can if you can collect your wits, get your head back on straight, fucking go to a place you know. It's a fair point. He could have been panicked out. Um, but anyway, he gets into this installation and he sees this weird drawing, doesn't he? I dude, I <laughs> love. You, actually, one of my few nitpicks with this movie is when. Uh, actually, mm, this actually get, this is stepping into paradox territory, but I'm still going to say it. Uh, is in later on in the movie once he time travels. Why doesn't he be like, I remember this. I remember seeing the drawing you're making right now. Like, that's one of my few nitpicks of time travel movies. I don't like when characters who have already seen events then go back through and then act like they're like, oh, 
hmm, okay, I'm just going to watch it all again. I'm like, don't you want to point out? Be like, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. I've seen this drawing. I, I've been here. I'm like, ah, say it. He hasn't, though. But this is a, yeah, see, that, exactly. That's like the weird paradox we're starting to, to, to touch. Right, because remember, we're watching this from Hector One's perspective right now. Hector's seeing all of this shit for the first time. He doesn't know any of this stuff. Totally. Hector Two does, because when he emerges from the time travel, he goes back in time and he remembers everything Hector One did. But this is Hector One, not Hector Two. Right. That's this is that's actually why. the first. Right. This is actually the first. Correct. Um, actually, and one thing we do know is that Two. <laughs> so here's where the movie's kind of wacky. So we already know that Two is trying to influence Hector One to do certain things to maintain the 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 the, the integrity of the timeline. What we exactly. don't know, we don't know that at this point. And what, what, what the, uh, the other thing we know, which isn't obvious, is that Hector 3, which is Hector 2 after he comes out of the time travel machine, is about 40 seconds before Hector 2. <laughs> so Crazy. we're going to see later that one of the things that influences Hector 2 is Hector 3 when he makes um, the young girl scream and he fucking turns around. So it's crazy, all this influencing stuff, all in an attempt to maintain the integrity of the timeline as you believe it's going to avoid some sort of unknown catastrophe. Right. Pretty wild. Right. Pretty wild. But yeah, I love that he looks at the drawing. There's, there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of documents out there. There was a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of it. It was on, it was on taylorhomes.com. I know it's kind of a weird website, but I guess, I guess the guy broke down everything in a pretty linear fashion. And, um, he actually had a really cool, um, he had a really cool illustration of his interpretation of the events because he kind of just wrote them down. And, um, I thought it was kind of awesome actually. Um, it essentially shows you um, when you're looking at it, it just shows you the three timelines. You know, it says, it shows you Hector 1, 2, and 3 and their timelines. Ooh, I think I just found it. I and, think I just and when they jump back, I actually threw it up in the live chat too. Um, you got it? Oh, okay. And when, they, and, yeah, there it is. and when they roll back, it shows you like the dotted lines above where it is. So it's kind of cool. I definitely recommend checking it out. It's, um, if, you just, if you just Google search, um, I want to say... If you Google search TaylorHolmes.com time crimes, you'll probably be able to find the whole article pretty easily. Um, but yeah, I was like, wow, that's that's a really good... I just thought it was a really awesome article. I thought it was a really well-done article. Um, because he asked all the right questions and stuff. And he actually... I believe he talked to the director or one of these guys talked to the director who, of course, I swear to God, these directors, they fucking never, ever know the answers. Nope. Nope. They, they fucking really don't. totally don't. They're so full of it. <laughs> Dude, they never know the answers, ever. <laughs> so full of, he's like, maybe, well, that would be an interesting question. Oh, who's to say? Bro, just admit you don't know the fucking movie's about. You're just directing I don't, it. I don't know either. I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced they don't know that the writer does. The director's like, I don't fucking know. I don't care. I don't need to know. I need to yeah, know how director, to make the, the, director the picture. You know, actually doesn't need to know. He, he doesn't. needs to be able to put it on film in a coherent way. <laughs> like, that's it. That's so hilarious, uh, dude. Dude, and I also just want the writer to be just like he has the answer, and it's just the most mundane thing ever. He's like, ah, well, yeah. One day the scientist like farted against a button, and that just made the machine go on, and it started the whole thing. The end. That's it. Do you want something profound, assholes? Is, is that good enough? Awesome. So we see our boy Hector One 
pick up a he picks up a walkie-talkie. He does. He gets into the basement of this kind of lab area uh, and starts talking. Just hello, hola, 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 hola. <laughs> and uh, he asks, like you said, is anybody there? Who is this? Um, I believe his name is El. El, uh, the main character. E L J O V E N E L. No, Hector. I know Hector, the scientist, right? Right, right. I, I don't know if. Yeah, he doesn't have a name. It's just the scientist. Yeah. Um, I am curious now. Now I really need to know. Um, I think I don't know for certain, but I think Matthew. I'm going to go on a limb and say I think that the that might be the director. It is, yeah, Nacho Villaganda. It is. Or Viga, I'm sorry, Viga, Vigalondo. It is the director. Vigalondo is, let's see, his name in the credits is El Joven. How do you say that, Joven? Oh, I think that's just like, uh, I think Hoven That must mean like, something. Ah, Science. It's a word. It's got to ah, be. So Dude, shitty. hey, don't know Spanish. Don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to apologize for that. It's okay. <laughs> no, I, I just feel bad to. because I have taken th- like three years of Spanish. And I'm like, uh, I don't fucking know. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Oops. That's just the way it goes. Don't worry. You're not racist if you don't know what it means. I know no, you. I know you worry about these dumb. things. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I feel bad about my student debt, Dean. That <laughs> I can't remember one fucking word of Spanish. <laughs> how much did right? that? Cl- how much did that class cost? God, probably up ten thousand dollars. Oh, you motherfucker! Jesus. You should. You should hurt yourself. I know. It's pretty gross. Yeah. I didn't realize that until just now. That's kind of cool that he's the fucking director. Wow. That's so wild. You know, he also did uh, that movie Colossal. Did you ever hear about that? Nope. I actually just saw it recently, and it was a movie I knew nothing about other than it had some kind of big monster thing, and Anne Hathaway was in it. Uh, Ended up just randomly watching it with a couple friends like a week or two ago. Pretty damn good. Uh, And he directed that, too. That's like uh, his first big budget like American movie. Evidently, it didn't make a ton of money, and it kind of lost some money, so uh, it was not an actual success. But it is actually a pretty interesting, good movie. Solid concept again. Right. It's now, worth a watch. One thing we, we know is that Hector right now is talking to the scientist. Yeah. And the scientist has already been coached by Hector Three. Indeed. So that's the best, I guess you'd say it's a bit of a twist at the end. I don't think the movie really hinges on it, although... I guess it kind of does. And, um, well, and that that's, the, that's the tricky part about a time travel movie. It hinges on every fucking twist. Sure, every event sure. That's, a, a, good, hinge, that's really. a good point. That's a good point. And, uh, and that's what you have here. You just have, you essentially have him being lit. His mission is to make sure he gets into the fucking thing. Right, right. Because that Hector, Hector 2 is already keenly aware that everything he's done has to happen again exactly. Um, and so he's like, he has to get in that time machine. He has to do what I did. You mean Hector 3? Well, Hector 3. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Hector 3 Oof, tells... Thus begins the confusion. Hector 3 tells him... What, what, what we learn at the end of the... Not at the end of the movie. But Hector 3 basically just says, here's what you need to do. Right. And that's when right. we see Hector 3 telling him he has to get in the fucking thing. Make sure he doesn't see me, right? That. So if, you, if, you, if you're scrubbing around with the movie... You can go to the hour and 12 minute mark and it's basically him explaining, all right, make sure he doesn't see me, calm him down, make sure, you know, I have to reach the house before all of you. He's, he's basically saying, if, if this doesn't happen, we, we have to do this. This has to work this way. Ask him who right. he is, and pretend also, you don't know. I think an interesting, an interesting thing to point out about Hector here, and you know, maybe not necessarily a moral judgment, but I still think it might be a little 
tick in the box of a little bit of villainous behavior is that the way he is keeping the scientist uh, involved in all this and forcing him to do things is that if you don't do what I ask you and force the other version of me into the time machine and keep doing what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to go out and report to the world that you've been down here doing this, that you have tampered with this machine when you shouldn't have been and get you fucking thrown in jail. Like he's holding that over his head. Yeah. Yep. And then we see... <laughs> we see um, Hector One fleeing, right? He finds that, uh, we used to call it the runway. There was this house we used to trick-or-treat at in the neighborhood. <laughs> and um, they had those lights in the ground and it was just a long-ass walkway. Oh, I love that, yeah. And we always used to That's say, so cool every Halloween, we would be like, oh, it's the runway. These people are always, always, <laughs> they're always good with the Reese's Cups, you know? Let's walk on the fucking runway. And as soon as I saw that, I thought of the old runway when I was a kid. That's awesome. But uh, he gets to the place and he he hurries him in. He's like, hurry, he's coming. And he gets Hector one running, terrified. (laughs) section, this whole section of the movie, him getting into the house, talking to the scientists and getting up to the silo is like straight up well-executed horror movie shit. Yeah, man. I think it's solid. I think we should talk about that. Yep. All of the off-camera action, I mean, dude, we harp on this all the time, especially when we cover, you know, straight-up horror movies, that show me less. Build the dread. Build the suspense and the the tension off-screen. Find interesting ways to do it other than just showing me a monster running towards me. Uh, And you, at this point, you don't see the man of bandages chasing him anymore because, in truth, he isn't. But right. you don't see him. But he's just, just talking him. to the scientist, saying, "Oh, he he's seen the broken window. Like he's watch, He says he's watching him over surveillance camera. He's seen the broken window. He's in the house. All right, start running. Okay, he's coming up the path. Like, dude, that's excellent horror movie shit. That's so good. Yeah, and uh, I I love. I really actually dig the. Um, I dig the stuff with. He's trying to get him to go in the thing. I'll go in with you. Lower the hatch. He's got the machinery behind him. He's saying he's going to activate it and. This bozo is like, fuck, I don't know. Should I trust him? And whenever the dude looks through the window outside, he ah. looks like some creepy ass fucking dude, man. I, I love it. It's creepy. Looks, and he, looks like the fucking strangers. He, yeah. he finally convinces him to fucking, you know, climb into the thing. It's terrifying. Climb into that thing. Get out of here. Fuck that shit. Hey, dude. <laughs> also, hey, Hector one. You kind of a dumb dumb. Like what? No he is such way a clown. In hell, you couldn't pay me nope. to get into some unknown fucking machine full of unspecified liquid. Like absolutely, I'd be like, uh, no, fuck that. How about we just call the cops and we find a pipe or a crowbar around here or something and fucking fend this one dude with a pair of scissors off? Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely. I'm not getting in a machine. No fucking the way. Fuck are you no chance. About? No way in hell. You're an idiot, Hector. Something you're going to seal. <laughs> That's why your wife's dead, you fuck. Yeah. You're dumb. <laughs> she never was. Come to find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, yeah I, uh, that's why some... By the way, happy Valentine's Day. Do you know what this movie taught me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie taught me that if you're a beautiful young Spanish uh, lady, that uh, if you're a beautiful young Spanish lady and that you're very kind to people in need that you this are going to be used in a pa- as a pawn and, and killed, basically. Tricks yeah. to fall off a roof and break your neck by being but Dino, frightened and manipulated. All, all in order to save his marriage. I mean, I would do anything for love. Maybe. Or anything. maybe to save Even- the very universe. Ooh. 
<laughs> Keep telling yourself that, Hector, when you think about that woman's corpse and her twisted neck. Yeah. He'll be like, but I saved the universe. <laughs> to- totally did. <laughs> sure, sure did. Now, here's where we have to be very close, pay close attention. If we go, if we think back to the diagram that was, uh, that we, that we looked at, that lovely diagram provided by taylorhomes.com, we have to know that this is now Hector 2. He's gone back in time. That's why he's shocked that it's in daylight. Mm. He climbs into okay, the machine let's, let's at night, and now it's daytime. So now he's one hour back in time. He becomes Hector two. Right, right. So be- now, let's, let's let's figure that out too. So, so he only goes back an hour. Yeah, is that what yeah. It is? It's an hour, maybe a little bit more. Hour forty, hour two hours, maybe. Because I'll admit, at first, for a good tr- – I remember at the end of the movie starting to think, wait, does the machine only go back a little bit of time? Because when they started talking about the 30 to 40 seconds thing. But for a big chunk of the movie, I thought it went back a day. Like nope. It went back to the beginning of the day. No. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it go no, because when he spies on him later – because remember, we're going to see – you're going to see Hector t- – so think about, think about from when Hector 2 stabs Hector 1. Mm-hmm. it's not long before Hector 1 gets to the time machine and goes into it. It's only a couple hours at the most. Right, right. But it, when when so, Hector, now Hector 2, steps out of the machine, when we see it right, happen right here, it is the beginning of the day. Like he goes, when he, when he puts up the binoculars and sees his home, it's, he sees himself getting home uh, to his wife at the start of the day. Yeah, so it, I mean, it didn't, take him more, it didn't take him two hours to run through the woods and find this place. No, yeah, that makes sense. It's, I mean, he could have, I, I, yeah, the scientist in the chat, John's saying, the scientist says it's an hour. So yeah, it's about an hour for him to run out there and find this place. So, so it must have been, so let's, let's just pretend the sun's setting at six or so, call it five, because it, it is kind of dark out. I mean, it's like overcasts. So by the time he goes in, it's night. By the time he gets, finishes his whole thing, it becomes nighttime, so. Right, right. Yeah. So it's uh, that's what I mean. The scale of it's so quick, so quick, so tight. But this is the kind of mindfuck moment where he, you know, he crawls out of the machine. I, I by the way, I just love the difference now. So when Hector Two emerges from the machine, I love when we see at the end of the film Hector Three get out, spit the water out with confidence, climb out. He knows exactly what's going on. Totally, totally. And I also cool. just caught even in the first, you know, the twenty three, twenty four minute mark when he. We see him emerge from the machine for the first time in the movie. You can see the other Hector's arm in the background. Yep, it's slick, dude. It, it's still there. Ah, it's, it's cool. So good. It's cool. <clears throat> and that, I think they explicitly make you see it later in the film, don't they? They do. Yeah, they bring it up as a point later. But it is there. It's always there. Um, so it's at this point where the the professor... So all things considered, the professor... The, the reason we buy that there's only this this the two hectares now is because the professor doesn't know who he is which would make sense if he went back in time before he met him however the hitch in the plan is that there's a hector three so right now the professor's lying right 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 he's being forced if there was no hector three then this would be a genuine i don't know who the fuck you are because i turned on my machine and you climbed out of it because you went back in time before i ever met you so it's kind of cool, right? But that's not the case. Hector right. 3 kind of fucks that whole thing up because he's already coached him to pretend he doesn't know. So Hector 2 here can go along, get Hector 1 to do what he's supposed to do, and he can be a little bit ahead of both of them and get this whole thing to line up the way it's supposed to line up. Exactly. Pretty badass. 
now, and that does, I think this is, you know, whew, this could be a whole rabbit hole, but I think it is an interesting time to bring up the idea of how did this all start? Yeah, who knows? Like, that, there's there's really no start? answer. That's like really that's isn't. like asking how the universe started. It kind of is with this right? fucking thing, man. <laughs> there was a uh, big there's explosion, a, I guess. For, why? <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? No. There was there was nothing, and then there was something. I don't know. Leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe God did that. Um, I don't know. You tell me. Maybe He made the whole thing blow up into life. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. It wasn't there. Um, but no. So one thing I think is interesting about it. There is a quick line later on in the movie where the scientist does admit, or he's like, "I just turned the machine on for the first time ever." Um, you know, like on my own, and you were there, and he's just like, "That was it. You came out." Yeah, that would um, make sense. So that, Right, and that's but it did get it. It makes the whole paradox of like, well, how did he ever fucking get into it? Um, and that's just that's the kind of paradox with this movie you just gotta live with. Like, there's right. just there's no getting around all of it. Well, because if we follow the POV of our time traveler, so let's just let's take the professor's perspective. I don't know if he's a professor, but that's what I'm calling him. Let's take his perspective for just a minute. He has a time machine and he opens it, and a man climbs out. Who is this man? Right, and the man right. says, "Oh, the I met you in the past. You don't know that because I'm talking to you in the present." Oh, Do you see what I'm saying? It's a mind fuck. It's exactly. a mind fuck. But that's that's what that's what the that's what the movies. I mean, it's not really saying that because we already know Hector Three is telling him to lie. But without a Hector Three, I think that's what we would see right now. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. Oh boy. And also, dude, I like the idea that he's not a professor, and this is just like a third year undergrad. Like, oh god, yeah. I'm in so over my fucking head. I shouldn't even be in this lab. Oh fuck, I'm gonna pretend I know what I'm talking about. I, th- I thought this thing was a big microwave. This is all a fucking mistake. But here is uh, our first major thing, which is you've time traveled. Look at yourself. Yeah, dude. Dude, yeah, that is, I mean, to me, that's the other thing about time travel movies. That moment, even though it's been done a million times, is always a shock. Yep. It is always a cool, shocking moment to be like, and there you are. You're looking at yourself. There's your fucking doppelganger. Like, you, you can't just go home now. Like, your whole life is thrown out of proportion and and out of control (laughs) you have a massive problem on your hands yeah man wild and uh he kind of sits down he collapses and i mean you can imagine the despair you see now if he were just a stone cold sociopath like rick sanchez he would just go down there get out the garrett wire and just kill this version of himself bury him and move on with his life that's it fuck this guy trying to get him in a time machine just kill your other self with cold, heartless, <laughs> strangling hands. I like that you said Rick Sanchez. That's his name, baby. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you did, though. It's almost kind of annoying. <laughs> I'm a little mad at you about it. Uh, is it is it too deep of a cut, Dean? Yeah. That I dig too deep into nerddom? It's, it's too, it's, it's, frankly, it's too much. Or are you, are you just calling me a racist? Is that what you're saying? Now? Is, that, is that it, Dean? We're covering a Spanish movie? No, I just, you're, 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 yeah, I just, I don't know. The fact that you brought it, you brought his whole name into this, it bothers me. I can't remember his middle name. I would have done that too. He doesn't have one. Does he not? No. Okay. No. Um, do you want to enlighten the people as to what we're fucking talking about here? Or are you just going to be one of those assholes? <laughs> I'm going to be one of those assholes. <laughs> hey, what's the point of a reference if you can't exclude some? No, yeah. it's Rick and Morty. Come on. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> anyway, he um, he is not Rick Sanchez. He is uh, oh. Hector Bozo, the clown over here, this guy. <laughs> oh, darn, there's my wife, Boo. 
Um, and he says, look, they're doing exactly what? And he says, listen, today is September 16th, 2006. No, it can't be. What day do you think it was? I don't know, but I got in the tank on the 16th and it was night already. And he says, so you only traveled a little while. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Not too far. <laughs> and dude, it's a cool moment to hear because, uh, you know, on first watch, you're seeing the scientist sitting next to Hector as he kind of drops to his knees, just taking all of this in. And the scientist is looking around, looking over his shoulder, looking behind him. And at first, on a first watch, you're like, oh, he's just as terrified yes. as this guy. I'm like, holy yes. shit, somebody came out of my time machine. What the fuck is going on? But in truth, mm-hmm. he's looking around watching the other Hector leave. 100%, dude. Yep, ah, great catch. So good. Yep. Yeah. But, um, you know, the professor's kind of just saying, listen, you found, me in the si- you found me at the silo and I asked you to get in the tank. And he's like, yeah, but well, he's like, well, well, what? And that's when he's like, wait a second, everything is solved. So the professor's answer is basically, just wait until your number one comes here and it will resolve the timeline issue. Seems fair. It seems very fair. To be honest, and of course, because it's a movie and conflict needs to happen, uh, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, dude, you actually, as far as time travel goes, you're kind of in a cushy spot because it's not like you went back in time and did something and now that also needs to be fixed. All you did was go back in time a day and your, you know, the, the oncoming version of yourself in this timeline is going to do the same thing. So you just, the loop closes itself when that version of yourself gets in a machine, then this Hector just gets to go home and be like, Hey, it's me. That's it. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that would be actually a nice, neat, tidy solution to this problem. If your ass would have just sat there in that room and done nothing. Right. But it does beg the question how the fuck does this guy know? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think so because he's like he implies that if okay, you're Hector, so, if you're Hector, w- wait, if you're oh, if you're Hector. Hector, how do you know this guy's being completely honest with you? He he didn't know all the answers when you came out. He was like, oh, and, and then because because the professor kind of gets it revealed to him like how far he traveled back and like again, assuming no Hector three, right? Like we this guy Hector's like, what the fuck is going on in my life? Should I should I should I trust this guy? That's that's the trick. Right. Would you would you trust him? Um, I guess you know. I guess the suspicion does come from when he's like, "Oh, oh my God, you time traveled!" Like I did. I had no idea this could happen. And then also so confidently being like, oh, "Okay, so you did all these things, so it's going to happen again." That kind of conflict is a little suspicious. But to be honest, if I were this Hector in these shoes, I'd probably at least try and trust this guy. Because I might like, try oh, to. I might. I might try you, to stay out of sight. You run a time machine, and I have no. Fi- all I do, all I can remember is running here to get away from somebody. Got in the machine, and here we are now. So I'm just going to assume that you're being honest, and that version of me down there is just going to do the same thing, and I just got to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I mean, again, hey, we've talked about time travel problems before. I mean, it's like that great fucking Simpsons episode, which is just a whole total Ray Bradbury reference, where it's like, <laughs> don't touch anything, don't do anything. If you go back in time, just literally find a nice room to sit down in and wait. <laughs> like, don't even fucking drink water. Just leave everything alone. Right. It, it, it's it's interesting that this this next conversation where he's like, look, you you waited out. Um, uh, he will go in and um, we'll just convince him that uh, we'll convince him to get in and then everything will go back to normal. And then our professor here just kind of reveals like, I shouldn't be here and you please don't tell anybody. Like, whoa. Yeah. Wait a minute. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I, I wonder, naughty boy. P- part of me wonders about this conversation because what is his goal in revealing this information to Hector 2? We already know Hector 3 is influencing him. Right. But, right. But, but does this serve that influence to, to give up the information? About him, about the, the professor not supposed to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it maybe is a little bit of insurance of don't try and tell somebody or don't try to to go outside of, I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of his own insurance, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Part of me wonders, like, don't tell anybody about this and I can kind of fix it. It's it's almost like he's bargaining a little bit. Right, right. Right. And, and almost so. saying, like, if you tell people, maybe maybe he's trying to convince him, if you leave here and tell on me, then this whole thing is going to go tits up and this whole timeline is going to be fucked. But. Right. It's not a super convincing argument, unfortunately. And obviously it doesn't work for Hector too because he is just a busybody. First thing he does is he calls home, he gets sentimental. I get it. I get it. <laughs> he doesn't say anything, but obviously we see the predestination paradox unfolding as it should. Yeah. Because we know Hector 1 got a phone call. We know That's Hector true. 1, what well, 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 we should say, Hector 2 got a phone call. Hector 1 is getting a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, and he fucking hangs up on him. <laughs> and he's because, yeah he cannot bear to talk to himself yeah he doesn't know this fucking weirdo's boning his wife if everything's going as planned <laughs> I mean that's the thing that's so funny about time travel movies too it's like hey man remember you, it's he's not the weirdo boning your wife you're the weirdo who wants to bone his wife <laughs> but you're the intruder motherfucker Ugh. let's not forget wow <laughs> watching from afar with his binoculars again he's boning my wife are you sure are you sure you aren't the guy on the hill he might be thinking you know what now that i'm a now that i'm a doppelganger i'm gonna take a run at that girl in the woods see if i can make that happen mm-hmm. see he did he what he did here is he just got greedy about i want my life and all of those things <laughs> back hey this is your free ticket <laughs> go do something else i guess <laughs> Dude, what a, somebody needs to make that time travel movie where somebody's like, oh, God, I've traveled back in time and there's another version of me. How will I get my life back? Wait a minute. Fuck my life. I'm going to go live in the Bahamas. Yeah. Screw it. I can go do whatever I want now. I, I love at this point, too, how the professor gets nervous because he's thinking, oh, my God. He, he seems genuinely worried here, which makes me think that looming over this entire thing is a disastrous outcome. The professor? Yeah, to everyone, to the world. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I understand it's a smaller story. We don't want the stakes to get out of hand. But I also totally. believe that the parrot, like, the, to cause an unchecked paradox could possibly bring upon, bring upon some sort of great destruction in the time continuum, right? Totally. <laughs> but and the I, butterfly well, the effect, idea, as it were. Yeah. And I mean, their whole idea, their initial solution uh, that is, you know, we come to find out just kind of a lie. Uh, but the idea of even their, their first solution that, okay, you got in this machine, traveled back a bit of time, uh, and you come out, and this there's another Hector down there who we can you know pretty much believe is going to do the same thing, follow your path, get into the time machine, and that will resolve this problem because he will go back in time. You don't have to worry about him anymore. You go back to your home in this timeline. But what that implies is that that is going to happen an infinite number of times. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way your loop gets to close is that you kick the can down the fucking cosmic timeline on and on and on and on and on and on forever. And like, sure. who knows what the reverberation of that could, could do. Yeah. Do you remember getting that call? He asks yeah. at your house. Do you says, remember yes. answering? And when he says... 
you know, when Hector says yes, he's the professor's clearly relieved. He's like, whew. <laughs> Before I left, I got a call from myself. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, everything still fits. So we're good. Right. He sees it getting dark out. He says he's going to go up to the silo. The tank needs to be filled. He's going to prepare for the arrival of Hector 1. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another good just movie making point there where her, you know the anxiety the professor has about like wait you tried to contact yourself holy shit you can't be doing that but then checking in with him saying wait so did you get that call and he's like well yeah I did okay because that's the that's kind of the, like modus operandi we have to establish for the whole movie that the things that happened before have to happen again so you need to make those things happen you can't interrupt mm-hmm. or change them. And so he's like, yeah, if you remember making a phone call to yourself, then that's actually what you should do. Right. Yep. But um, what's Hector 2 decide to do? He hops in the white car and he takes off. Motherfucker, you fucked it all up. Just couldn't stand the weight. Couldn't stand the weight. And I believe he takes the professor's car. He does. Yeah, right? Just up and steals it. And uh, he passes by our lovely Spanish woman. He does. And, and slams on the brakes. Correct. Because like, now he starts it. to get the idea that, right, the professor's words must be ringing in his ear. He's thinking, oh, totally. I better make sure things go as planned. But no, he gets fucking rammed into a tree mm-hmm. and smashes his head open. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I like your point. Like he, when he sees that woman and he recognizes as the, the woman he saw get naked in his woods, he's like, wait, that, that has to happen. Fucking grievous blow to the head as well. Dude, yeah, the amount of blood that is pouring out of that wound, I'm like, man, you you need a CAT scan. Like, that's not good. That is, wow, that's not a great one. Fucking Pretty rough. He gets smashed. He's like, oh, my fucking brain pan. (laughs) (laughs) My frontal lobe is on my dashboard. Ooh, I'm going to make better choices. Oh, my fucking head is bloody. He fucking, dude, you know you're in it rough when you start pulling off your arm bandage for your head. That's a, that's a, that's a rough ass day, dude. You're taking Time your... to smush my arm blood onto my head blood. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like it, though. I like it. This is such a great sequence. Yeah. Uh, and ju- that moment of when he takes the bandage off and he starts, he, it happens even before he puts it on his face, when he just watches the bandage turning pink on his arm as he unravels it and already starting to realize, yeah. wait, this is that same bandage. And he starts to wrap it around, look in the mirror. This is when I think it fully takes hold that, oh, that was me and I have to take charge of these things. I have to do these things. Yeah. Doesn't he look at himself in the mirror? He does. Yeah, he looks in his review. Yep. And it's at that point, like you said, it dawns on him. Whoa. <laughs> and that's when we also hear Professor uh, uh, the dialogue from the professor when he's like, that man is you. Technically, you're the same person. You're just a reflection. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, she's kind of shouting at him, <laughs> shouting at him through the window. Like, hey, what, what are you doing, man? You got, you're so- sitting there with your bandage on. You look like a creep. You look like the invisible man over here. <laughs> Claude Rains. <laughs> and just oh, 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 taking off his fucking mask. <laughs> but yeah, it's not not totally. I like this is um, closer to Ace Bandage color. We haven't quite reached, uh, you know, disgusting ass fucking dude. The <laughs> blood smell color. of that nasty blood from his arm and then blood from his head around his face all day, getting sweaty. Mm. <laughs> God, it's so nasty. Yeah. 
What happened to your face? Don't move. I'll be right back. I am wonderful. <laughs> I am just spectacular. What's going sexy. through your head at this point, Matt? <laughs> as far as the movie goes? Like, like no. If you're Hector 2 and you just rammed your head and this beautiful girl comes down to help you and your head's wrapped in a bandage, are you thinking that in a little while she can be all naked and shit for you? <laughs> well, I'm thinking, ah, oh, shit, I got to make this. I got to make this happen. <laughs> like, how did I make this happen? Well, that's what I'm saying. What do you, I... Right, but, but, but wait, wait, wait. But what I'm saying is, is maybe not make it happen, but maybe just go along for the ride if you're in some sort of predestination paradox. Now, I don't know if Hector knows those terms. He doesn't strike me as well, overly see, intelligent. That's what's so, to me, interesting about the idea of there not being free will or things being predestined is that you still, you can't literally go, okay, then I'll just sit here and wait for the stuff to happen. You still have to do the thing. You have to do the thing. It's mm-hmm. like... You can't be like, oh, okay, so that girl eventually just gets naked. I'll just sit here in the car and wait for the her to get naked and do all that stuff that happened. No, you're going to have to like get out and make that happen. Now you just see the architecture behind it. You see the blueprints of, okay, this is how it went, evidently. Here's that girl, and I need to make her naked and visible to my other self. Evidently, I like how you say that. You're like, I don't fucking know. Maybe, I I guess. I'm just, I'm just the invisible man with a pink bandage. Now I gotta do all this shit. (laughs) But also, hey, no, the the, the real thing I'm thinking once again is, wait a minute. So I have a perfect doppelganger of myself at home, living happily with my wife, making her happy. (laughs) Time to fuck someone else. (laughs) Time to fuck someone else. I, Call me a piece of shit, of, I listen, guess, but listen, hey. It, ah, maybe. But listen, here's what I'm thinking. You have to be thinking at this point if you're Hector. We must we must do some, I must fuck her. Because <laughs> she's being so nice and helpful to you. I know you got your head caved in and shit. But you must be like, I think I want to fuck this girl. He's got to be maybe. thinking that based on like the wood stuff. <laughs> right. Although, what does he actually right. think? He humped her so well that she's asleep on the rock, totally satiated. Right. Right. Like, what I are totally, you fucking thinking at this point? I Dude. totally made such stupendous love to her that she passed out in in, in ecstasy. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but I love it. But um, and then yeah, when, she, it, when it actually she, comes, you're like, oh, actually, I just needed to fucking get scissors, <laughs> scream at her, and make her get naked. I'm not a good guy. Yeah, Oops. I had to coerce her into full body nudity. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Rough. She was like, I know I am fucking super hot, so I don't even give a shit. <laughs> no, but she grabs a little bag, and she's like, oh, do you want, do you want some water? She's trying to help him. But but um, ah, the, the shot of him as she's wrapping the bandage up and snipping it down and getting it tighter and making it work, there's this, sh- this hold on his eyes just gleaming from the bandage. Just the idea of what's going through his head at this moment. Like, what the fuck, man? Oh, dude, it's a nightmare. It's, it's a, a fucking nightmare. It's a nightmare, and you also know. I mean, what you don't know is that you know that you're not responsible for any death so far. You just know that she was asleep on the rock naked. Right. But you right. must have right. to okay. be thinking, God, what What did I do? Right, exactly. That's what's, uh, that's to me the most shocking Terrifying. and interesting aspects of this movie is staring down something that essentially that you know you did or are going to have to do that is terrible and not knowing what it is and knowing that you still have to do it again, essentially. I'm like, okay, this is what I came across. And I am now, this is the woman. This is the pair of scissors. This is the bandage. I'm going to have to make these events happen. Oh, fuck. What do I have to do to make that happen? Dude, 
Tell That's, me about it. Oh, God, it's terrifying. Yeah, man. And she's so nice. I mean, like, she, this woman is like a total good Samaritan going out of her way, helping this guy out, like, all this shit. Just like a perfectly good, decent person. And you're just like, ah, Christ, I'm going to have to do something bad, aren't I? Oh, yeah, fuck. Dude. It's creepy. It's creepy. Oh, so bad. Yeah, and, and part that's, of dude, you this is mo- like, it God. begins, dude, it begins here with him holding the scissors. He takes them out of her bag, hides them from her, holding them behind himself and then pocketing them. That's when it really starts to shift of like he embraces the idea of like, all right, I'm going to have to get my fucking hands dirty to get my life back. Yeah, dude. Walter White <laughs> turns to Heisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in a tough spot. No question about rough, that, man. But um, yeah, that the the shot of the scissors behind his back is pretty good, dude. Yeah, yeah, creepy. He's like, "What do I have to do right now?" I guess put the scissors. He's like, "Oh, I need your help." The way he kind of puts, he slides them into his pocket, and she's like, "Wait, what? Why are we going into the woods? Why are we doing this? This is weird, uh, dude." Yeah, he finds the coat puts that on this he really starts marching down the path of like all right here's the stuff here it is yeah this is this is where this is where you have to kind of question her survival instinct Uh, a little bit i mean to her credit in a minute here i think she makes a very good run for it uh takes takes i think takes the moment well um because he you know once they get into the woods you know he starts looking through the binoculars again when he puts them up to his eyes she just fucking bolts and I was like, that was, that was actually good timing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, no, 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 we, we have to go this way. We have to go this way. I'm wearing this weird coat that I picked up off the trash. Your head's wrapped <laughs> right? up in this thing. You, you look like, what is it, Dark Man or some shit. You're being a totally. total fucking creep right now. I'm going to stand behind so you? Nah. Man. But like you said, nah. she does make a run. Boom. There's no way this guy, dude, Hector, you ain't catching nothing. I, I know. Hector, I you're like, not, not catching her. I know. I was like, dude, this is not the athlete who's going to run you down. Like you, you young fit woman, you could make a full sprint and get away from this guy. Mm-hmm. You could do that. You'll this, be okay. Yeah. This jabroni, he falls, he bashes his nose. And this is when he starts to realize that time, pardon the pun, is a, or not even a pun, but is of the essence. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah. Fuck. And then he realizes, okay, this is where I saw her, so where is she? So it's funny when you have this insight from being Hector 2, knowing what Hector 1 went through, because you went through it before you became Hector 2, is that you know where she is. <laughs> Approximately. You know she's around. Right, right. You know she's nearby, essentially, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Just, you know, in the right area for the view of his binoculars. Correct. He gets her there. Uh, and that he even starts creepily directing her to rem- remembering the way that she she was. You know, he's like, all right, you lower your head a little bit more. Don't look at me. You know, bite your left thumb. You know, take your shirt off. And at this point, he's still being like, look, I'm not – I don't want to hurt you. I can't explain why I need you to do this. You just got to do this. Yeah, and you can put your pants back on later. Like I'm not trying to you know, take this from you or whatever. I, I'm he's glad trying. he at least addressed those realities because if totally. you don't, it's too much, dude. What do you Way think is going to happen? Also, her right. cat Schrodinger, or her shirt Schrodinger's cat. Totally, and it's the evidently it's the same logo on the gate outside the lab, uh, which I didn't notice. But no. I was reading about that. No kidding. But uh, yeah. she also, hey, 
by the way, gives him a nice kick to the face right here and makes another dash for it. So I don't think she's like, I, I got to give her credit as far as like not being just a, I just capitulate underneath you, your first demand. Like, nah, she, she tries. Yeah, you can put them on later. I mean, there's part of him where he's averting his eyes, but like, if I'm her, I don't know. My my fear would be this guy is setting me up for some weirdos to come and fucking gang rape me or something. Like totally, right? Totally, I I agree. There's some weirdo. Like, no, you, like this is a weird cult. You have your friends lurking in the robe in the in the fucking woods with robes on. They have their cocks out. Right? They're wearing weirdo fucking <laughs> huge nose masks. Right, they're wearing these weirdo Ugh. plague masks with their dicks hanging out with cock rings on, and they're going to come out. And there's going to be this <laughs> weird ass. Yeah, there's going to be weird ass fucking enigma music. I don't know what's going to happen. Right, dude. Yeah, like if I if I am her in the situation, I'm like, there is no way you're getting me deeper into this forest away from the road. Like that's just like I am finding my moment as soon as possible to get back towards civilization. Yeah, gives him a good kick. Pow in the face. Good kick to the face. Like that's I'm like, yeah, good on you, girl. That was fucking solid. Yep. Uh, but then she keeps doing the thing I don't like that she does is she runs, gets like 50 yards away from him, and then tries to hide. And I'm like, no, Dude. just keep running. Just keep you going. Have, go as far as you can go. You have outs you have if if the contest is to get away from him. You have every advantage in the world right up until he all, grabs all you. All of them. Yep. Then, yes, you're definitely more fit. You're definitely more young. But the biological advantage of his size compared to yours is just, I don't know. I hope you know self-defense. <laughs> right. Seriously. Take, take your gifts and use them, you beautiful young lass, and just keep running. Light, agile, strong, just young. run. Go, go, go. You're all legs. Just keep running. He'll this never, this fucking dude, he ain't catching nothing. <laughs> never, no way. Never. That dad body cannot fuel those legs to keep up with your legs. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not yeah. happening. Question in the chat. Uh, stupid question. Once the multiple hectares are in play, are they always present or do loops get closed? I'm trying to imagine multiple versions of this guy existing simultaneously. I think they all, I don't know what you mean by that. Once, uh, once multiple hectares are in play, are, are, are they always present? Well, they are because we see them interacting with each other, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, one yeah, stabs so another, they, they, one sees another, the third one sees the first one. So yeah, they all they all interact. So they're all it's because it's not right. it's one the best way to think of this movie is they are traveling upon one timeline, so to speak. They well they've all they've all entered the same day, just kind of staggered out. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all come yes, to, yes. they are all among the same timeline. Yeah, I think uh, the best way to think about it is think of the start of this day as A and then draw a line to B. That line is the time continuum. And then the only thing you have is these guys inserting themselves into going at different spots. And they seem to exactly. only ever be able to travel backwards. They can't travel forward, which makes it a little easier to understand, right? So one right. thing we know by the end of the movie is that is that um, you know Hector 3 is kind of kicks a bunch of this shit off, right? Yeah. But anyway, the yeah. beginning starts with Hector 1. Hector 1 becomes Hector 2. Hector 2 is, is not really Hector 2 because 3 is already out there. But they, they, <laughs> also, do, all, John, they do all interact. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just real quick, John, not a stupid question. That is still kind Yeah, of not a stupid question at all. <laughs> not at all. Not a dumb question. No, no, no. But, um, yeah. So it, um, she runs away and she falls, I guess. 
Well, yeah, he he tackles her, and they kind of roll, fall down this hill, and she bangs her head on the way down and gets knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, oh, <laughs> this is how I did it, <laughs> and proceeds to undress her and pose her in the spot where he knows Hector is going to find her. Right. It's really creepy. It's creepy. That's funny. Shit. I was reading a couple of theories online online where um, I, I love uh, I love the uh, converse. You can keep those on, girl. That's cool. Um, you, can, you don't have to take those off. No, but I was reading this this idea that you could have inserted into this movie this weird. We know it's a predestination like paradox, but somebody was saying, wouldn't it be interesting if there was an unknown attacker? who kind of went after this girl and then this guy gets pulled into it and then f- goes back in time and kind of becomes that to make it all happen. But I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't work because, because we're, in a, we're already in a loop. So we have to assume the players are in place. The only thing, again, you can go back to question is the reason why it even happens. And I think they were right. just kind of going, well, maybe it was a guy attacking in the woods. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but that seems too mundane, you know? Yeah, I didn't say yeah. that. I was just kind of thinking it while I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, no, that that gets too funky. But yeah, poses her, and now he's waiting. Once she's he naked waits. up against the rock and she's breathing, he knows Hector One is inbound, and he knows, mm-hmm. boy, if I want my wife and my life back, I need to, uh, I need to make a play on this guy. Like I need to go after him. Dude, and it's a small moment, but I really like it. Uh, also, the music here is fucking fantastic. The, all strings, all violins, it, very psycho uh, kind of feel to it. Yeah, there's Super plenty cool. of that to go around. Yep. Love it. Um, but when he sneaks up on you know Hector 1, Hector 2 and his bandages comes up behind him, and he raises the, uh, the <sighs> pair of scissors as if he's going to come down on his neck, pulls back, kind of hesitates – and then stabs him in the arm. Like he had that moment of like, I could just fucking kill him. Like I could do it. And he, and then he proceeds to just stab him in the arm. Like he knows he's supposed to quote unquote. Yeah. It's cool. It's a, it's a, it's, really it's definitely, cool. a, it's definitely a kick-ass moment, man. Um, that, the creepiness of him just being behind the guy. Oof. Being behind yourself and knowing you have to attack yourself. Ah, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's so intense. And then he kind of stabs him. He looks away too when he stabs him. Which is kind of neat. Does. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. And the guy, yeah, the way the way Hector runs <laughs> off in the woods, I'm sorry, is hilarious. It's it's pretty, really yeah. really funny. Ah! It, it, it's that, and it's it's that, and then it's just his 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 strides are so short. It's almost comedic. It's almost cartoonish the way he runs away. <laughs> He's got these little. I imagine that sound effect like a Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny as he scrambles away. And dude, hey, I gotta say, as far as the old Heisenberg theory goes, Hector and Hector Two and the coat and the bandages has a little bit of more, a uh, little broader shoulders to his walk, a little bit of a more confident walk. I'm like, ah, you found yourself in this villainous, <laughs> these yeah. villainous actions, huh? Yeah, he still runs like a goof, but he can barely oh, see. Yeah. When he runs, yeah, he's a goof. Hector though. Three has the confidence, right? He's the fucking Hector Three does. Hector yeah, Three man. is ready to rock and roll. He's got it going. Ninety ninety nine percent pure. 99% pure. <laughs> but um, now he starts realizing, okay, this is the moment where Hector 1 sees this guy in the woods. That guy's me. I'm Hector 2. Okay, cool. So I lo- I like the this trial so and error with the binocular. Where he keeps the, trying to whip around dramatically. It's the, so the, good. Yeah, the, the miming the binoculars. 
<laughs> he does it like two or three times and it doesn't you know work he's not there it's like okay i gotta keep gotta keep doing it because one of these times it's gonna work yeah. he's gonna be there it's it's awesome man it's really cool <laughs> And um, yeah, he 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 finally, you would say, uh, gets to his spot where he wants to be. He whips around, not there. He's like, "Fuck, where is this guy?" He thinks See, about it for thing. a while. Yeah, like thinking, of, you know, being in Hector II's shoes and thinking about having to remember all of it, like everything that you did, all of it. You you have to make sure it happens the same way. All those like mundane details. Yeah, it's cool. That, that would be overwhelming. It's awesome, man. And then uh, he kind of steals himself and gets him gets himself where he wants to be. I love it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's disturbed by a woman's scream. Yeah. So, movie. What do uh, we know about the woman's scream, Mr. Anderson? We know that we, that's Hector Three, indeed, who startles uh, the the woman in the woman in the woods. I don't. She shouldn't have a name either, actually. Uh, but startles her, and that's that. Mm. But he thinks at this point Hector too is worried that it could be his wife oh, or that the woman, you know, it could be the woman in the woods who screamed but is maybe heading towards his house because that's the closest thing. Yes, so indeed. So that's where he goes. You know, you have me curious. Mm. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. What is her name? Let me consult the IMDB database, Matthew. I don't her name is, oh, see, I, I, I don't, you know Spanish, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Go for it. It's, what does it say? It's, it says, La Chica en la Bosque. The Woman in the Forest. There you go. And you know how I know that? Oh, Wikipedia. hey oh <laughs> Woman mean, in the Forest. You mean you didn't remember the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I, I totally remembered it. I definitely remembered it, you know, too. But, uh, you know, I just was also looking at Wikipedia. I, I, I remembered all the words <laughs> in Spanish. Deep, totally. <laughs> I, I definitely did. <laughs> Uh, shit. She is, uh, indeed Spanish, Matthew. She is indeed Spanish. And, um, she was born in July 20th, 1983. And she's been in, um, a ton of shit. Are you talking about Barbara Gonaga? She's been in a ton of things. She's in a bunch of TV shows. Soap operas she got her start in, it looks like. Nah, I find that hardly surprising. Yep. Hardly (laughs) surprising. She's played a French girl before. That's, that's cool. God, what is that? Send me that. She's in a movie called 70 Big Ones. I might have to rent that one. (laughs) (laughs) 70 Big Ones all at once. Wait, what? 70 Big Ones, 2018. It's uh, a Spanish film. I know you find that surprising. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But that's her. That's her her story, sir. That is her story. Now you know. But um, what's happening, man? We are, we're, we're, uh, we, we get the scream, the startle. Yeah, and from that moment, Hector too, our bandaged Hector, heads back to his house. Yes, uh, I think afraid that it could be the woman, you know, running back home to you know running back to his house to, to try and get help, or just his wife screaming in trouble. Mm. And he starts kicking down their shitty chicken wire fence, chicken door, breaks it apart real easy. Great fence. Yep, uh, and heads inside. He does, and he starts going up the stairs. And what happens? To get smashed with that table that his wife put together. By Hector 3. So Hector is... we don't see it here. 
We don't. We don't. We just know. Hector 3 smashes him with the table. He's only like, like I believe we're going to learn in a minute here, 30, 40 seconds ahead of him. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then, you know, we also know he's he's got the forest woman running. And uh, he crawls. He runs upstairs. He looks around. He goes to the window. He peeks out. He doesn't see anything obvious, but he sees the ladder, which makes sense because that's from Hector 3, which we're going to see. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Already set up. But um, he's yelling, no, wait, no, wait. Because he, s- he hears her run inside of a room and slam the door. Mm-hmm. And he runs up thinking it's his wife. Right. And it isn't. Don't call anybody. You know, I was in the garden. This is my house, you know. Yeah, I saw you. I was far away. I think he's thinking, too, it might be the, the girl, right? Because um, there's no communication because yeah, of the way he's talking. He's like, I saw you from far. Right. He's saying, I saw you from far away. So he thinks... He thinks it's her on the other side of the door. Yeah, yeah. He, th- he does still think that it's her. The uh, forest He thinks woman. that it's her who threw the table and everything. Yep, he does. Now, what's interesting here is that we have now gone beyond Hector 1's understanding of the events who became Hector 2. Because we have to remember yes. that the Hector we're dealing with right now is Hector 2. And his memory is only up to the point where he gets into the time machine, which means what he remembers is going into the forest seeing a beautiful girl, take her clothes off, going to the forest, getting stabbed, running away, getting ushered into this time machine, popping out, and then realizing he has to make these events happen. He doesn't know anything about the forest woman beyond her nudity in the forest. So I'm not exactly sure what he's doing right now. Okay, so to be honest, I I think it's that, I think he goes home worried about his his wife um, because... You know, a big part of this, he said, don't call call anybody. And he thinks it's her. Once he bangs the door open, which is, by the way, a fucking awesome shot. When he's shouldering the door and the camera zooms in on each shoulder. Dude, that's fucking kick-ass. I love. So slick. You know, we were just talking about it on the bonus episode when we covered scanners about how there's not a lot, at least in my opinion, not a ton of interesting camera work going on in this is like a great example to me. Like that is sure. such a cool, just uh, a unique, interesting way to use a zoom. Like that, that adds, that is the spice of a visual, you know, palette for a movie. Like, ah, it's just tasty. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, but he busts through the door and then he's, he's saying, uh, you know, Clara, Clara, um, or, or actually, you know what? Now remembering the very minute amount of Spanish I fucking remember. Yeah. I think he's saying Estella. Uh, which is like another word for woman or or lady, girl, something like that. I think he's saying, lady, listen, wait. Um, well, there's subtitles. But, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he says, Estella, and I, I, I don't know, it's weird. But anyways, when he goes outside, she falls, and he looks down and believes that it is Clara. Short hair, her red coat. He thinks that it was Clara who got scared inside the house, thinking it was a home in- invasion, and ended up falling off the roof. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I can dig it, man. I can dig it. <clears throat> but it's at this moment when he sees what he believes is his dead wife. Correct. He, he thinks, What right. a, by the way, could that shot be any more horrific? Awful. So awful. God Jesus damn, Christ. man. Just a what? brutally snapped neck. Did you fight Frankenstein? Hey, lady, <laughs> were you fighting Frankenstein? Did she twist your head around? Well, on your way down, did you snap your own neck with your hands and then <laughs> what hit the ground? What the fuck, lady? Give it the old Russian twist. That is a grievous wound. K- 
all things considered. (laughs) Instantaneous death, for one. Uh, It looks like you were grabbed by Frankenstein and he turned your head like he was taking the top off a bottle. Just seriously. Yeah. It's a fucking gruesome shot. Awful. Um, and yeah, dude, that was a shocker for me. First watch through, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you're fucking." So that's the, and it's great for the audience because it's like, "Oh shit, this is the grievous, horrible event that we've been trying to avoid the whole time." And now it's dawning on on Hector, like, "Oh god, this is what I was trying to prevent." Now we really, now I understand the fucking stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, what what why I needed to make these things happen? Yeah, what the professor was on about, basically. So this is when he calls the professor on his radio. And is even like, be careful that Hector One doesn't hear us, but he needs to get back to the time machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to pursue him. Make sure he gets in there. Yeah, I think um, the moment he has thinking she's dead is good. It's like, oof, man, this movie took a oh, turn. Yeah. He just kind of collapses, and you see him racked by the emotional weight of this idea that his wife is dead. Ugh, so awful. Mm-hmm. Which is in, uh, ostensibly why he's been doing all of this that like i want to preserve my life with my mm-hmm. wife and and not destroy everything and you know i just want that normalcy back yep. <laughs> and now she's on the ground with her frankenstein head twisted off yikes i think i bonered this up mm-hmm. so hector two goes back and he's basically he like i need to do this again right can now I, now the motivation can becomes- i get a mulligan can i get one time travel mulligan please professor Oh, so bad. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, this is also that funny moment I love from the outside when he pops up through the window. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, fucking hilarious. Where you can hear inside, you know, he just stands, you know, he just stands below the window and then just pops up on his like tippy toes to, to poke his face through it. The guy, you know, Hector one inside. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just so utterly terrifying. <laughs> so little good. face in the window and shit. It's funny. And then he just goes and has a sit outside and waits for the for the time travel for Hector One to be completed, and then the professor comes out. He does, yep. And um, <laughs> you know, he he can you can tell he's distraught. He's just you know, <laughs> yeah, not been a great day, <laughs> not been. And that's when the professor's like, "How do you want to fix it? No, no, forget it. You, you can't fix it." And that's <laughs> when Hector Two because he believes his wife is dead, is like, fuck you. I'm fixing it. I'll break your machine, dude. Send me back. My wife's dead because of the shit that you told me to hide in. That's his motive. That's what he's thinking, right? Right. You told me to fucking hide in here. So this is is on you. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll wait for you at the house. And he's like, okay, I'm going to destroy your toy. (laughs) And that's when... he kind of tries to call his bluff here, but it doesn't work. Yeah. He tries to trick him. He already took the battery out, which is a great moment. By the way, I love when he hits him with the got, dude. It is so funny. It's, dude, it's so, it's funny. Uh, and it's also very real. Like, I actually liked that because, it, you know, I feel like a lot of times movies overdo it where it's like a character swings it like a baseball bat and somebody's like, ooh, ah, you got me. Like, he taps his collarbone and I, drops. Dude, I'm like, dude, that's what absolutely. would happen. You get your fucking collarbone tapped with a crowbar, that would hurt. Hell like, yes. Fuck. Bink. Right on his fucking collarbone. pop. <laughs> would hurt so fucking bad. Ouch. It's going to hurt, man. Gonna <laughs> like it doesn't need to be some big wound up swing. Like just a tap like that would be a just serious. Just tap painful. it in. Just a little tippy tap. The old tippity tap. 
Yeah, dude. And then he pulls the fucking, when he pulls the bandage off, ah, it's a good scene too. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just that pissed off. Dude, I just thought of something. Just now talking about that, the way you said it, that is our way of differentiating the Hectors. We have our first Correct. Hector, who's yep. the, the unblemished, nor, quote-unquote, normal Hector, and then we have Hector 2, the bandaged one, Hector 3, the, the bruised-faced Hector. The br- that's, what we, that's what we have here. Yeah, you're right. The bruised-faced Hector. I like it. The fucked up face Hector. <laughs> but, um, and this is also, yeah, that's how we're, and we can tell Hector, we can tell Hector 3, because he's totally fucked up from the accident, too, because Hector, we're, we're about to see what's going on with that, but yeah, I like the reveal when he takes off the thing, and he just says, here, we're gonna go, man. We're going. You're gonna find that fucking battery. This is happening. Yep. You're finding the battery, and uh, that's that. Dude, I love the professor's line too. Where he's like, "This machine doesn't solve problems; it creates them." <laughs> like, yeah. dude, it's only gonna get worse. Uh, but then, you know, Hector's reasoning is interesting. He's like, "I just need a head start. Like, I'm not looking to beat them. I'm not looking to like extinguish them before they can get there. Just give me a little bit of head start time. Now I know what I need to do." Yep. And that's when um, the walkie-talkie comes up, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's when the three comes up. Hector tres. And what we have here is awesome. So, because Hector two is savvy enough to be like, why was the battery out before I got here? How did you know I was going to want to use it? How did you know? Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, the professor says, you know, that he got a message on the walkie-talkie from Hector three, where he was instructed to make Hector two to stop him from traveling back, right? That's right. By and any means. Any means. And Hector 2 realizes that the walkie-talkie that Hector 3 used is the one he's carrying. Mindfuck. Such a mind. So slick, man. I love that. And that's why Hector yeah. 2 tosses the walkie-talkie into the ground, right? To smash it. And that's when he finds the fucking battery. It's great. Huh. Talk about predestination paradox. Um, seriously. And then the rain, that's also an indicator as to the time we know it's going to rain, which yeah. makes the last scene with his wife pretty cool because they're kind of just chilling before the rain. It's awesome. <laughs> this is all. Hey, also, this is why you have to have a watch. You get, ever get caught in a time paradox and you got to keep looping through time and redoing of it. You got to have a watch so you know what fucking time this shit's happening. Yep. It's important. It's the best, best advertisement for Timex I can imagine. Yep. He told me he- how to save your wife from your doppelgangers who want to kill you and everyone else. Get a Timex. <laughs> Fuck an iPhone. Stop fumbling it with it, trying to get it out of your pocket like an asshole. Yep. Um, <coughs> and he basically says, "You'll be Hector Three when you go through." Yeah, you will. You, you will told me yourself that it failed. Awesome. Ah, it's so good. He told me everything that would happen. That you would show up here, the trying to get back to the past. And this is the fucking moment. So. What is cool about this moment is it's a bit jarring because we have to remember that the Hector we're looking at is not going to be the Hector in question. And do you know how they differentiate? No. Fucking eyeglasses on the professor. So slick. Dude, I didn't even catch that. Hell yes. I did not catch that at all. Because now Hector 3 is all the way back. All the way back at the beginning. Awesome, dude. And he has the glasses on. And we're like, oh, because he's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And then everything we saw explained is, is we see right here, which is awesome. Hector 3, totally confident, exits the tank. And he's just like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> Here's how it's going to go down. 
pretty, I do love pretty it. cool. I do love how just calm he is in, by comparison. All right, time to get to work. Yep. <laughs> That's, this is how this is, is going to go. I'm from the future. Your machine works. What? Listen. <laughs> he smacks him. <laughs> or everyone you know, what does he say? He's going to, this is the authority thing, right? And this yeah. makes sense because now he knows time is of essence. And he's like, I need this guy to fucking understand. We see where the glasses go. They get slapped off. <laughs> Calm down and listen you know, to me. I'm from the future. The machine works. Listen. <laughs> Smacks him. And he just says, or everyone you know will be, will be turned, on, turned on you without authorization, right? You're going to help me get rid of the other two. Uh, dude, what's so what's so cool? To I didn't I didn't even catch it until just now looking at it again. He says, you know, Hector Two is about to come out of the machine. He'll explain it to you. Yeah. Like he doesn't even waste the time of like I'm gonna knows. fucking tell you what's going on. He fucking knows. He's like, I'm gonna let this idiot do the fucking legwork. <laughs> I got shit to get to. <laughs> awesome, dude. And uh, he does. He, he uh, we see. I love that we see Hector Three coaching the professor about Hector one who actually becomes Hector two. So that's a little confusing, right? So Hector three, so Hector one, Hector three and the professor are interacting. Hector one shows up, goes into the time machine, then becomes Hector two. Well, Hector two is the one who emerges right here and he's the one who goes outside and does all uh, the shit with the pink bandage. Exactly. Right. He tells, you know, Hector three tells the professor, you know, ask him who he is. You don't know who he is. You don't know what's going on. Tell him he just time traveled. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and go what's, out there and talk to him. And the other cool thing about this is that we know that Hector three went back further, right? Let me think about this before I say it. Or let me talk through yeah, it. Yeah, no, he goes yeah, back yeah. like 30, 40 seconds early. Yeah, he's he earlier than that. That's why say. he's there when he comes out. Because <laughs> exactly. he's already there, right? It's awesome, man. It's really slick. Time is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, and he, like a fucking machine, dude. This shit with Hector three at the end, I love it. Stone face. He gets in his dumb golf face. cart, right? He, he he goes, listen. Here's what's gonna happen, dude. Here's what's gonna happen. He has to convince him, you know. <laughs> That's it. He, oh, he yeah. tells the professor, look, there there aren't any others. Then another car, um, because we've got to remember the professor has no dick at this point. He just knows that three <laughs> yeah. came out and told him what's what. So we're seeing what happened at the beginning of the movie, kind of, even though it's not that confusing. That's exactly, that's what makes it feel confusing is at the end here, since we've been watching it linearly, you're like, okay, wait, so this is the original Hector that I've seen. How does the professor not recognize, blah, blah, blah. But this is, we are now seeing the beginning we didn't get to see. Correct, exactly. We're seeing the beginning we didn't get to see. And that's why it's pretty, pretty easy to follow, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, man. That, like, even when I was confused, I could still follow. I'm like, there might be a, a couple of details hanging there that I'm not quite clear on, but I still ha- like I have enough to f- follow. Yeah, I love the fucked up nature of Hector Three having the head wound. He's about to give Hector Two. <laughs> ah, that's, that's a true. mind fuck. I love it. So dark. That's awesome, man. And maybe, uh, actually, maybe that's the morality, you know, the sad, tragic tale behind all of this. You know, <laughs> what fucking TBIs can do to you? They just fucking turn you into a monster. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's when he says, um, you know, I'm very sorry. What happened? I'm afraid everyone will know what we did. I think you've backed the wrong horse. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. Yeah. Um, we see, this is awesome. 
We see the moment of him scaring her, and then we get to see their kind of adventure. We get to see what Hector Three did. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's just, again, he's so confident here. I love it. So totally confident. Yeah. Uh, but no, I love this moment when when they do, you know, at night falls and he's with the woman from the forest and they're, they're trying to make their way back towards, you know, town essentially. But of course, the closest thing is Hector's house. And she's like, all right, let's go in there. And he's like, no, we, we got to go in that house. Yep. And you know what's awesome about that? Go. You know why? Because it's not time and it's not nightfall yet. <laughs> it's fucking lines up perfectly. Uh, he's got to make it. It's not to make it right. He's got to wait until the time is correct and accurate. Um, and this is um, a pretty intense moment. We we see it um, where he realizes, "Holy fuck!" Right, right. And once once he the realizes, happens, yeah, yep. Once he sees his wife, his wife comes out. Oh my god! I think there's someone outside. Someone's breaking in. Somebody. He broke the fence. He now knows. All right, that's me out there. That's Hector too breaking the fence. And it is not my wife who died. Correct. Oh. And dude, this is what I'm talking about. The villainous thing of like, yeah, you can make an argument about maybe he doesn't have free will. He's just going down and, and checking all the boxes that he sees, you know, laid out before him that he knows he has to check to make things work. But boy, you do have to, you have a moment here of knowing what you have to embrace and you choose to embrace it or not. And mm-hmm. he does, man. He's like, okay, then. That's, it means the woman in the forest has to die. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, part of me feels like he knew it when the forest woman walked away before he sees his wife. Oh. Because yeah. he, he, he kind of, and I don't know if it's from being in pain, it could be, but I almost read it as this kind of semi-tragic realization that when right, she helps, yeah, well, she helps him sit down and then she exits the room and you can see it on his face. He just has this, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's, you're right, you're right. He, where he puts his hands up and he's just like, Christ. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, mama mia. He knows at that moment, like, he's got a fucking, it's her. It must yeah. dawn on him in his mind at this point. And that's what's so fascinating about this. Mm-hmm. He must be like, oh, it's so dark. And then he just ex- so dark. It's so dark. And then he just explains to his wife what he has to do. Right? Not even he doesn't explain exactly, but he's just like, all right, you're gonna go here, you're gonna hide in this room. Not explain, it's just here. more like orders her, like, here's what you need to do right now. Right. Very, very again, very confident, very just like over all of this bullshit, just ready to get it done. Makes her wait here. No matter what you hear, no matter what happens, you stay in this room, and I will let you know when you can come out. Yeah, and that's when we also see him put the ladder up to make it seem like uh, you know she is scampered onto the roof. Yeah, and it makes sense. You know, it, it's <laughs> it's so intense, dude. And obviously, he's trying to keep his fucking trying to keep this thing protected. He's trying to do what he's trying to do, and it's just so fucking dark. And the way he just lines it up. Um, there's another great moment where uh, the forest woman and Hector three are in opposite rooms and they share this look across and he just looks dead, dead behind the eyes, man. It's, 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 it's fucking so intense, right? That's when he just knows, like he knows like what he's about to do right now. He is, he is distinctly aware of, you know, when he sees the table, we pan up to her 
right? You're just like, oh God. He, and she, she, she does like the circle around the face being, oh, it's the guy with the mask. He's downstairs and he just looks dead. Dude, yeah. And this, this moment, once he started hiding his wife, goes back upstairs, he's talking to her. I was like, oh my God. Are you really going to cut her hair and put her in that coat? And once what like I was already dreading it and once he actually pulls her hair back that man's crazy. He saw you from far away. We have to fool him. It's like, "Oh my god. I can't believe you're really doing this, man. You are you are about to fucking get you are shoving this woman in front of a train basically." Like, god, that is so fucking dark and like at first i had to say like 45 50 minutes into this movie i'm like man what what a shitty day for hector hector's worst day ever it could be this fucking movie's title but in truth it's the worst day ever for this poor woman for who sure only helped somebody who was hurting right god damn right. the most innocent kind person just ruined you, you know what i like about the idea you know you're saying innocence that that idea is interesting to me and and I just thought of this, and I and I know I'm kind of reaching up my own ass here, but this idea of like the red coat, like the Red Riding Hood idea, right? Like super <laughs> yeah. innocent, just totally the way, like you know, the, there's this, there's something symbolic about the red coat being used, being tossed over her, her shoulders, and totally the yeah. disguise aspect of of Red Riding Hood, so to speak, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna cut your, like, you know, I'm gonna you you you're disguised, and then the fucking dude just. Yeah. <sighs> Oof. Oh yeah, that's right. Oof. The dialogue. John's reminding us in the chat here um, when he just says, "You're beautiful." Ah, it's so fucked. It's it's obvious. It's, it's also a terrible day for Hector. He'll never be the same. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, this is just awful. It's <laughs> awful all around. <laughs> but it's told so well. <laughs> it's so yeah. It's excellent. It's told. Yeah. It's just told so well. <laughs> but yeah, man, tells her to go out. Off she goes, and he knows Hector, too, is out there waiting to grab her, accidentally pulls her down to her death, and that's it. It's over. Like, from this moment, what what I actually also super enjoy about this movie, it, what a total subversion of, of expectations. Like, I thought, I'll admit, like, early on in the movie, and this just comes from seeing way too many fucking movies and way too many science fiction, time travel things – uh, and the overall kind of dark tone of it all, I was like, all right, this is going to end badly for poor Hector. He's not going to get what he wants. It's going <laughs> to be some weird paradox that bites him in the ass. I love that it works. Dude, Hector sure. wins. Hector wins. He get, he, uh, he, li- it. he lives. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. He lives. He, saw, he closes his time paradox loop. There are no more Hectors who are going to be coming through the time machine after him. It's done. It's done. They get to live their life now. But at what a fucking sure. moral cost. Like, what a nightmare you had to fucking go through. You, you, you killed somebody, man. You killed somebody so that you could sit on the lawn with your wife and say, all right, well, we have some time before the rain comes. I, I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yes. Yikes. Yes, I think that's part of it. I also think there's the larger question of, of the utter desperation of fixing the break, right? Totally. Absolutely. Which is which is might not just be his wife's life hangs in the balance, but the utter continuity of time itself. What does it mean right. if he if he breaks the course? Well, it's a it's almost a moot point because we know he can't if we're dealing with a predestination paradox. Yeah, it's wild. That's true. But I love the final shot of them sitting together, and then I, I wish I wish it would have rained. I think that would have been just cool because we know it's coming. Right. Ah, that just right. would have been a cool way to end it with it raining because. 
you are, it maybe that would have been a little heavy handed. Maybe it would have been too, too metaphorical, right? Maybe. I love, I love that it ends here though, without any dialogue nope. between them. Without We any, know the police are like, coming. Right, right. Now, how does that get explained? I guess home Good invasion luck. situation. God, you just say, ah, she was trying to get in and fell. Who fucking knows? I don't know. That's oh, something I think Hector's going to jail. Uh, he's in a tough Probably. spot. But he probably. Killed, he, but he killed somebody and it was a woman and it's Spain. So he'll probably go to jail for like six hours. <laughs> Community <laughs> service. I'm thinking that's it. Six hours total jail time for Hector. That's it. That's all you get. Well, at least it's not Italy. They'll at least investigate. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the last thing we see is Hector 2 headed back off to the silo. Dude. Yeah. Killer flick. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm high on this movie, man. I really enjoyed it. I really like it. I'm going to go with a solid like. Really? All right. I'm going to go with a solid love. I really, really, really enjoyed it. You loved it. I loved it, man. This yeah. is probably this is up there among my like favorite time travel movies. Now I gotta say, like, because I mean, to be honest, that's not a big list. <laughs> it's not like there's that fucking many or that many that I like. Uh, but it's it's high. I'm really high on it. That was just a fucking blast. Awesome. All right, man. Well, let's do some listener comments. Yes, sir. I'm gonna start with. I'm going to start with Sean Fernandez, if I can find where the fuck his comment is. Scrolling through to Facebook here. There he is. Sean Fernandez. A time travel plot executed so well that you won't need a diagram to follow it for once. Spoiler. We discover everything at the same time that Hector does in a straightforward, linear fashion. Period. I'm going to editorialize. That's one of the most compelling aspects of the film. A lot of time travel movies were privy to the information the time traveler doesn't know yet. Totally. Totally. He continues. I agree. That's what makes it good. Right. During a first watch, the Hector 3 reveal and the ending were big, holy shit, moments that I couldn't predict until they were already unfolding. This movie uh, doesn't waste a moment. I'm always wary when time travel movies try to get too fancy, but this one does a good job of following the rules. It puts forth without breaking my brain. In other words, editorializing, it maintains the paradigm it establishes. He continues, love me a good predestination paradox, and I love this movie. I'd recommend it to any sci-fi fan, even if they weren't into foreign films. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Awesome. Well, man, that was fucking a great comment. Thank you very much for that, and thank you for contributing to this bounty. That was uh, mighty nice of you, young man. Indeed, indeed. Mr. Anderson. I got to read one from Mr. John Barmore. Oh my god, this is the best time travel movie ever. Well, it's a tight race with Primer, so Jessica should love it. Oops. Twists, turns, but also slow and plotting. Every time I thought I knew the pattern, they spun it up again. Is there some reason that indie time travel movies are the best? Dean Martin, I hope you like this one. It's amazing. I do. I really like it a lot. That's good. Um, Dude, I think, honestly, John has a point there with the, the indie time travel movies. There is something about reducing the budget and make it like taking away all the, ah, you're not going to have a big lab with like crazy special effects, CG flying everywhere. You just like a time machine, figure out, figure out how to make it interesting with just the paradoxes and the loops and the overlapping. Uh, boy, that's, that's turned out some good movies. Yeah. You're, you're right about that. Um, let me see here. Who else should we discuss? Hmm, yes. Who have we got here? There is, there is a naysayer among us. Uh, Nick. Indeed. Cool. Let's do Nick. 
Let's do Nick. <laughs> hey, let's do Nick. All right, Nick. Okay, just finished watching it. Maybe the hype I heard for years. Wow, for years. That's intense. Years. Damn. For maybe the hype I oh, fuck. I just lost the comment. I'm a ding dong. Uh, I didn't. I didn't find anything in this time travel story too crazy or twisty or mind blowing. Right. I laughed a lot because the main character is kind of a bozo. That's where I got bozo. I kept saying it, and I was like, I must have been influenced by somebody. It was Nick, but that's about it. For time travel movie, the plot was very linear and predictable. What I think was supposed to be the big reveal felt more like just another step in the story, following the same path. Honestly, I'd rather watch Time Cop again. That's not entirely unfair. It's fine. You know what I mean? And that's just what, Time Cop. Yeah, come on, do the splits. And the uh, gates. The splits get electrocuted. Uh. Um, who else? You want to do Jersey Mike? He's another backer. Indeed, indeed. Uh, he said, just a solid-ass time loop movie. Nothing too confusing, nothing too obvious. It's done well, and I just love how it all occurs in one day, and basically all within a few square miles, I would say. Fun flick I've watched many times. Great acting, great execution, with no over-the-top special effects or CGI of any kind. A good break from the billion-dollar budget flicks that are out there now. You can dissect it and nitpick it for all its flaws all you want. There can be no argument, depending on Dean's mood that evening, that this little gym is more entertaining <clears throat> than most. And here's a new one, Spanish as shit. Hey, real quick, Jersey Mike. Listen, pal, you don't get special treatment around here. You want to come after the big dog, boy? <laughs> What are you trying to say, Jersey Mike, that I uh, am totally subjective and I don't really have a consistent method of talking about films I like or dislike? Well, sir, you'd be right, okay? Correct. The truth hurts, Jersey. You hurt me. You cut me deep, boy. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to say about this before we go? Honestly, man, I'm pretty tapped. Uh, This is a blast. I super enjoyed this movie. I love it. Uh, I, I, I'm, this is another one of those where I'm like eager to show it to, to people. I'm like, ah, have you guys seen this movie? You probably haven't heard of this shit because <laughs> I never did. It's a blast. Let's watch it. Dude, this is a fucking good movie. Thank this you, is just, I, I'm, I'm all about it. I Super enjoyed it. it. I dig it's it. all I got. It's all I got. I like it a lot. Um, I like the things I set out at the beginning of this is what I like about this movie still. Um, and to summarize, I like that we're dealing with a small geographical location. I like that we're dealing with time travel, not more than an hour or so. And we're going backwards, not forwards. And we resolve the story within that kind of small looped area. Um, I think the performances are pretty adequate. And uh, I thought that the um, the idea of the film was was interesting and, and, and well executed. So uh, So bravo, hats off. I like uh, everything else you guys are saying. The listeners are saying all the stuff about the um, the scale of the film. Um, I guess that's just another way to say what I just said, except more succinctly. So, yeah, those are things I dig. And uh, the music works pretty well. And uh, I like that the audience, I believe this was uh, Fernandez's comment, I like that the audience gets an opportunity to get reveals as the main character does. And um, that makes it enjoyable. That, that POV makes it enjoyable for the audience. Very cool. So yeah. thank you again to uh, Jersey Mike, Sean Fernandez, Teme Sigma, Joe Volcini, and Floyd Fry. Um, I got the uh, bounty board pulled up here, Matt, and I'm looking at it. So on Her Majesty's Secret oh. Service, we did. Time crimes we knocked off. We are down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films. Oh, boy. 
coming up next um, for a bounty movie is Oh Brother, Where for Art Thou? <laughs> oh boy! I yep. have a dear friend, my dear friend Caleb is going to be so excited. Yeah, let me see though, because let me let's just look at a February calendar for 2018. Wait, it's 2019. Ding dong. Um, and the reason I'm saying this is because let's see, we're recording this on the 15th, so it's going to be released on Monday the 18th. Next recording is actually going to be the vote. So I have that wrong. So the 21st is Mars Attacks, and the 28th oh, nice. will be Old Brother, Where For Art Thou? Because we always want the voters, the members who vote, to have their movie released on the last Monday of the month. I know we don't always do it, but we strive to. So Time Crimes, we just covered. It's the 14th. On the 21st, we're going to be covering Mars Attacks. On the 28th, Old Brother, Where For Art Thou? Beautiful. Beautiful. So that's what you got coming up. All right, man. Well, that was a ton of fun. I hope you guys dug it. I had a fucking blasteroo. That was a yeah, that was a really good time. I really Dude, it's been a it's been a while since we've had to get all deep in there and dissect the timelines and who's doing what and where. Yeah, it's fun. it was awesome. I had a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you guys that turned up for the uh, live chat and YouTube enjoyed it. Um, I know we had a couple of little visual components to heighten the interactive experience i hope you i hope those were cool for you like i said we'll get better and better with those as uh, as much as possible and uh, hopefully uh, not too many copyright issues i know i got a couple of warnings on this one because i let a couple of those clips run long you know what happens is because of the lag i let it run longer so i gotta not do that i because what i'm doing is i'm um, when I when I hit start on the clip, I look at the YouTube thing instead of the clip running, and it ends up running way longer because there's like an eight second oh, delay. Yeah. So I, I gotta, I just gotta, yeah, because I don't want to piss YouTube <laughs> off. You know what I mean? I think they know we're, uh, I think they know we're showing clips to uh, in the spirit of the movie and um, constituting and commentary. Also, this is, and shit, this is only like our fair what, use, second, third, blah, second blah, blah. or third date with YouTube. We yeah. gotta, we can't blow our impression. We gotta keep it civil. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're getting pretty good at this uh, fucking live show OBS shit. I learned a lot from scanners to this one, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Big leap. <laughs> so anyway, thanks again, guys. Make sure you visit on the web at LibertyStreetGeek.net. That's LibertyStreetGeek.net. Um, I am Dean underscore LSG Media. If you want to follow me on Twitter, right at Dean underscore LSG Media. If you want to follow LSG Media, just at LSG Media. Matt, where are you on Twitter? I am at Matthew from LSG. Boom. There you go. So check us out. Follow us. Get involved. Um, join our, our uh, odd little cult that we've started. And uh, I, we <laughs> promise not to try to fuck your wives. That's it. We We're go. out of here. Right? Cool. That's it. That's it. We're See done. you all yesterday. Oh, Whoa, time travel and all that shit. I'm just going to go up this hill and uh, look for this Spanish girl. I'll be right back. 